Hello, folks. I am Trevor Welsh, and I thank you for tuning in to the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Fort Worth District's podcast, Life is Better at the Lake, the only podcast that brings you all the greatness and splendor of our 25 lakes across the great state of Texas. As always, this podcast is made possible by the U.S. Armed Forces Service members, whose bravery and sacrifice allow you to listen to this and other great podcasts whenever, wherever, and however you want. To get the full effect, you can watch my guest and I interact on the YouTube version of this podcast. But if you're in a car, or at the gym, or you just don't like seeing my face, subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts so you'll be notified when each monthly episode is published. Details will be in the description. Also, feel free to send comments to public.affairs at usace.army.mil. Now, sit back and get ready to learn why life is better at the lake. Hey folks, welcome back to Life is Better at the Lake. I'm your social media manager, Trevor Welsh. Today we're out here actually at the lake. This is Bardwell Lake. It is. And we're at Waxahachie Park at Bardwell Lake. I'm here with Stephanie Bear. She is a natural resource specialist at the Bardwell Lake Project Office. Today we're going to talk about why life is better at Bardwell Lake. Really hey, don't is. forget, you guys can subscribe to our social medias. All you got to do is go to about.me slash U-S-A-C-E, Fort Worth. Right there, there'll be a link to the podcast and a link to all of our social medias. And make sure you follow us. Give us a like on the podcast. Give us a like on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. <laughs> I was like, I'm counting them off in my head as you're talking. I was like, I think he got them all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Stephanie. Let's see. Where do we want to start? Why don't we start by talking about how freaking beautiful it is out here today? I know, and I'm so glad that we got to like wait a week. I mean, mm -hmm. it was kind of not what we wanted when it happened, but it turns out, you know, we avoided the rain, we avoided the wind, we get to sit outside. The birds showed back up. We got like a flock of a couple hundred birds. I don't think you can see them, but I promise you they're there. We they're heard there. them earlier. Um, <laughs> and there were fish jumping a few minutes ago, so that was pretty awesome as well. This is a beautiful lake, and this park is beautiful. Um, not as beautiful as it used to be. True. What happened? Tell me what happened. Oh, well, there's a lot of things that happened. <laughs> okay. uh, this, this park seems to be the magnet for like, if something's going to happen, it's going to happen here. Um, so we were flooded for about 10 months, but a uh, little over a year ago, we, we pretty much were gone from Thanksgiving to Father's Day, like everything. Uh, the water was, well, almost to where the trucks are. Yeah. It was pretty high. Um, but even before that, we had a tornado come through the park and it lifted not too far from where we're sitting it, it just a few sites that away not the pull-through campsites that we're at but the other campsites right yeah well it hit those well it hit the dumpster at the the uh, gate and then it hopped hit those sites on the other loop hopped again and it actually took two campers off their stands in the sites right behind us uh, before it lifted off and it went over the site that we're sitting at so for since that happened you and um, the other guys at the lake office have been out here chopping wood and trying to clear it out because oh, yeah. 
you guys are opening soon, right? Yeah, we are opening on the 1st of April at this park. So we're looking at a little over 30 days, and that's a ton of work. We already have uh, between five and 6,000 labor hours between ranger staff, volunteers, even Jeremy, the lake manager, he came out, and he was hands-on. Uh, just trying to get this place ready to roll and it looks way better than it did even a few months ago so we're super excited about it grass is green yes. sun is shining birds are chirping fish are jumping it's awesome out here well all right let's get to know a little bit about stephanie hebert oh stephanie hebert right a bear a bear a bear like a bear like, and that's um that's french it certainly is that's french yep my and my husband's from uh, South Louisiana. so. And where are you from? I'm from just north of Boston, a town called Haverhill, Massachusetts. And uh, you could throw a rock pretty much out of my backyard and hit the state of New Hampshire and about 20 miles in from the coast. So a lot different place, lots of different things happening up there. But, uh, yeah, I made a bunch of moves across the country and landed myself in Texas about two and a half years ago. And so. what did you do before that? Now, now, what I like to do with my guests here on Life is Better at the Lake mm -hmm. is two or three weeks before we film the podcast, um, we'll go out to lunch or, or something. Uh, they'll show me around the lake, the different lake parks, and that's in an effort to get to know them so that <laughs> when we're sitting down here to film the <laughs> podcast, it's not like, hey, nice to meet you, and I, there's no backstory. Right. So I learned a lot about Stephanie. Uh, that was about three weeks ago now. Yeah, something like that. She's got... I think the mo one of the most impressive things that she told me is she's got a master's degree. Is that right? That is true. Yeah, in I got what? Uh, wildlife science and conservation, and that's from New Mexico State University. Um, then I got my bachelor's just outside of Duluth in this little town called Ashland, Wisconsin, uh, at Northland College, and that's in natural resources conservation. Um, and then even before that, I've got my associates in environmental health and safety. Think uh, Clean Water Act, Clean Air Act, uh, environmental impact assessments, a lot of the legal background behind what we do. I don't think, not to, not to talk bad about anybody else at the lake office because they're all they're all very nice i met all of them including uh stephanie's husband they're all very nice but i don't think we could have picked anybody better to tell Aww. us about the core as a whole natural resources and of course bardwell lake now it's not just bardwell lake is it no what other <laughs> lake does the project office manage so we also have joe pool lake uh it's much closer to the metroplex um it straddles a bunch of town lines i mean we've got grand prairie um i think we've got a little bit of midlothian in there uh the city of dallas um and that one has it's a, like a polar opposite to what you're looking at here we've got houses right up to the lake it's a much bigger lake and um, here there's no residential shoreline at all no no. Yeah. I mean, you, there are a couple of places where you could be like up on the top of a hill and you can catch a side of the lake. But if you are on the lake proper and you didn't know where you were, yeah. you could you could be in East Texas somewhere. Yeah. It's super, super mellow and quiet out here. And this um, there's like a lot of wilderness around the lake. Like, yeah. Like pure, untouched wilderness. Well, not in the strict definition, but there are we've got 25 miles of trails on the north end of where we're sitting. And when the water is at a reasonable level like it is now, uh, you can horseback ride, you can mountain bike, hiking, running, and there's no major traffic out there. There's no roads. Uh, it's a little swampy in a couple spots, but again, you can go out there and if you just sat, you can't hear another person, you can't hear a car, nothing. Compared it's to 
where we were at last episode. Yeah, Louisville's yeah. a crazy place. It's, it's in a metro. It's in like a totally <laughs> metropolitan area. I don't think there's any wilderness around it except for Leela, just yeah. just below the dam. Um, yeah. So yeah. it's it's a polar opposite. And driving out here, this is um, this lake is about an hour and fifteen minutes from Fort Worth proper, and you can you can see the the change from urban to rural as you're driving it just goes from houses 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 corn <laughs> cows <laughs> cows yeah <laughs> a couple of refineries a couple of oil refineries here and there but yeah it's a great drive it's a really easy drive um you said you mentioned uh horses horse trails don't you have an event some events out here and you have like a specific area for riding horses yeah so we partner with a group called tetra it's the oh boy oh boy i better not mess this one up the texas Equestrian Trail Riders Association. There it is. All right. First try. Um, And they partner with us to maintain the trails up there. And Tetra, on their own accord, gets groups of folks out here. Um, I've seen as many as 40, 45 horses. And, I mean, it's a family event. You've got adults. You've got kids. And they, they, they just go out there and they have a blast. And they know that there's nothing out there that they have to worry about. Um, and you and got – is it this park or the other park you took me to where you have – isn't there like a corral and hitching posts and stuff? Yeah, that's this park. It's up on the other side. And uh, so we've got the hitching posts, the wash stations, corrals, um, really large open areas so people can bring, you know, six horse trailers or more even up there. Um, and we do allow them to camp up there. So if they want to stay the night, if they're coming from the far side of the, de- you know, the Metroplex, whether, you know, Denton or beyond, um, they don't have to worry about bringing back and forth. They can stay the night if they want to. That's awesome. That's, yeah. a, that's a really nice thing to have out here. Stephanie was telling me that um, in the springtime, this place is loaded with people. Yes. Loaded with people. Yes, we get You got people parking, parking in the grass, which you're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. Parking, <laughs> parking on the main road and all this stuff. But, but that's that's good. That's good that people are taking advantage of the of the parks that the court offers. And it is beautiful out here. And I, I mean, I understand why. I'm an hour and 15 minutes away, and I'm thinking about bringing, bringing my girl down here and doing some camping. Yeah, come on out. We'd yeah. love to have you. What was the other park that you took me to? Um, I took you to Highview Park, and Highview that's going to be, I think once you get out to the main road, you can't actually see it. It's actually straight behind me okay. through the woods a little ways, um, and it's our most popular park. It's what you think of when you see a lot of core parks. Not, It's not treed in like this. It's open. Uh, that's where our big swim beach is at, so we get a lot of folks that come out and picnic, bring the kids. Um, there's also some uh, amazing fishing off of Highview, and the marina's over there. So we had a lot of boats, a lot of fishing. And you got um, how many how many boat uh, how many parks do you have? We have three camping parks, but we have five boat ramps. Okay. Like locations available. Um, so this is obviously a camping park. We have Highview Park and Mott Park, um, and then we've got the boat ramps at Little Mustang, and then also over at Love, which is closer to the office. So total, there's five or six parks. Because there's camping parks and then there's like day use parks, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. how many how many total do you have? Um, well, five. So five. we've got the three camping parks and then the oh no, I guess there'd be six because Observation Point is okay. considered a park, um, and there's day use and stuff out there, fishing that sort of thing. Right, right. Okay, so your husband was he was Air Force for ten years. Ten years. Yeah, uh, almost eleven. Wow. Yeah, he um, he did all sorts of stuff. He was all over the world, and uh, yeah, he he was out before I met him. Okay. So it had been a few years, but he's he's still proud of it. I'm proud of him for it, and uh, 
yeah we've we've learned that dynamic pretty well about how to how to mesh living together working together and then the the personality nuances Throw, throwing stuff that. over the cubicle walls <laughs> at each other while there, you're working uh, it, it's been known to happen we've got those <laughs> stress balls and every now and again you guys met uh, you're both working for the Corps when you met. We were working for the Bureau of Reclamation uh, okay. out on the Rio Grande in New Mexico. And well, it makes uh, sense. You guys met while you were working, so it's easy to work together. Because you, you worked together, and then you got together. Right. So it kind of goes hand in hand. That's cool. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, it was different. That's for sure. <laughs> and you were in uh, White Sands at one point, weren't you? Uh, no, he was. He was he a was. contractor out there for a little while. And uh, it was actually while he was doing that that he, he really developed his passion for the outdoors. And he also has a bachelor's in wildlife and is also a park ranger out here. So you'll see the two of us, not necessarily at the same time, but you'll see us riding around together and doing s- patrols and all sorts of stuff. That's so cool. A match <laughs> made in nature. Ooh, I like how that sounds. I might have to, I'm going to hang on to that one. That was a good one. All right. Tell me a little bit about uh, some lake history. Okay. So Bardwell Dam initially was impounded in 1964. Now, impounded meaning the water actually stopped. Uh, work on this dam began in the late 40s. Um, so it's one of the older towers and structures we have, um, but it's it's sturdy. And it, it's true in a lot of ways. They don't make them like they used to. It's just amazing for us. Um, there were three rivers that came into this, what is now Bardwell, three tributaries. Uh, two of them are actually almost in the background. Uh, Waxahachie Creek, which is a native word that I understand to loosely translate to Buffalo Creek. Um, and then there's Chambers Creek and Mustang Creek. And Mustang Creek is going to be that one that you can see behind us. Um, and it took, to my understanding, five or six years to fill. Um, and then obviously we get much higher than this if we get a lot of water. Um, largely, you know, we work to help the communities south of here heading towards Corsicana, think Richland Chambers, um, and protecting Highway 45, um, among other things. So it's it's a small lake, and we don't get as much of the, the heavy security. I shouldn't say that. We don't have a, as a, we're not as high profile gotcha. as things like Louisville, Grapevine, Levon, Benbrook, which is just outside of Fort Worth. Um, but we, we hold our own out here. Yeah. And, you know, these three rivers that we have here, they, they still flow. And beyond us down here, it is Chambers Creek or Waxhatchee Creek, and they come back together right around Highway 45. And so we, we do our best to maintain the, the safety of everyone from flood situation, uh, but it also puts us in an amazing spot to do a lot of ecological work, restoration work, um, and natural resources management in its truest sense. Speaking of um, biological research and, and nature work, you got an event coming up, don't you? Yes, I do. Tell me about that. Okay, so I don't know how many people are familiar with things called bio blitzes. And coming from a wildlife background, we do these all the time. I say all the time, they're a ton of work, but when you get it right, it's just amazing from a scientific nerdy sort of a standpoint <laughs> well coming if, from somebody that has a master's <laughs> in that field <laughs> yeah i mean if you're into data and you're into the outdoors you can't beat it and basically what it is it's a huge volunteer effort over a short period of time in our case about a week and 
volunteers, the public, uh, anybody is willing that's willing can come on out. And we're documenting any living thing, whether it's a tree, a bird, an animal, uh, grasses. We have a mycology team coming out from south of San Antonio, the Central Texas Mycological Society. And they're going to be identifying mushrooms, like everything. Um, and you're us- You know what they call the, the guys in that, in that group? No. They call them fun guys. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> wow, I walked right into that. <laughs> you opened the door and I went right through it. <laughs> All right. All right. The joke is over. Go ahead. Okay. Um, but yeah, so uh, over the course of those seven days, we'll be using an app called iNaturalist, which is super easy. If you can take a picture and you can send a text message, you can use this app. It's it's free. It's straightforward. It's wonderful. And it aggregates all the data in real time. So if I've got 10 people out in the field snapping pictures, identifying things, or even if they're not sure, they can take a guess at it and other people can confirm or suggest something different until you can get that identification proper. And I can watch it and track it. And at the end of this week, we'll actually be using this data after some data processing uh, to inform our master plan revision coming up and that's a huge deal because in the master plan we start classifying habitat we start saying okay this stuff this area is getting really beat up by recreation we might need to change how we do things or hey we found an endangered species out here and that's a that's a big deal as far as what that means for management uh, allowing hunting or perhaps shifting hunting areas wildlife viewing Um, it's it's no small potatoes and i'm super excited it's never been done to our knowledge in the district okay Uh, so this is going to be the first time i haven't heard of it i I did um when you told me about it and i created the event on facebook i did some research into it and i think other districts have done it but i don't think yeah i think you're right i don't think it's been done out here so when when does that start so that's going to start on march 27th it's a friday and then it ends on april 3rd which is also a friday so that gives folks the opportunity to come out on the weekend if they want or they can come out during the week we've got school groups coming Uh, i've got other government organizations i mean professionals from fish and wildlife service texas parks and wildlife all the way down to 10 year olds 11 year olds and youth hunter programs who are looking to just get outdoors and and have those experiences and so anybody and everybody who's willing come on out on sunday uh the city of ennis has actually sponsored a a a lunch so if people want to come on out eat some lunch and enjoy the outdoors that's the place to be sounds fun sounds fun so how can anybody can volunteer right that's correct and how how do they do that so you can reach out to me directly um it, at the Bardwell Project Office. I don't know if you've got my contact information, if we want to post it, or I can rattle it off. Rattle it off. Okay, so <laughs> and, well, rattle it off, but it will be in the description box below. Okay, cool. So um, my phone number is going to be 972-875-5711. You can ask for Stephanie, uh, or you can email me, and this is super long, so you'll have to go to the description for this one. It's uh, Stephanie, uh, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E, dot m dot a bear which is spelled nothing like it sounds <laughs> h-e-b-e-r-t at u-s-a-c-e dot army dot mill yes <laughs> <laughs> um, but right. yeah so reach out to me at any time i'm trying to get a lot like a, a good number of my head counts in 
um, no later than March 20th. So if we can, if you, if you're super interested, please let me know. That way I can make sure that we've got availability and I can schedule you in. Yeah. And then you can also, um, there is an event um, on our Facebook page. You can go to Facebook dot com slash USA's Fort Worth and just click on the events there and you can find out all the details uh, for this uh, bio blitz and that app is I naturalist and you can get that from the app store if you Mm want to download that and have some fun playing around with it before you come out to the to the uh, bio blitz. Yeah, for sure. And it's good for iPhone or Apple or Android. Uh, It does work on tablets if you prefer to use a tablet. Some folks for accessibility that totally works. Um, and you do not need to have service uh, to use it. If you can collect all of your observations and then get to a Wi-Fi source if you want to, um, or if some folks are don't have unlimited data, get on the Wi-Fi and it will upload and sync for you so you don't have to worry about anything like that. Awesome. Awesome. Let's talk um, a little bit about the lake, the parks, and the lake office. Okay. What I want to highlight is sort of what I did in the last episode. How many people do you have at the lake office? Oh, uh, well, six of us. Six, and then one uh, one regional employee that sits out of the office as well. Okay, and not you've many. Got six parks. Yeah, and they're <laughs> this one's pretty big. This park's pretty big. The other one that you took me to is pretty big. Mm-hmm. So you got you got six big parks um, that are very heavily used. Mm-hmm. Obviously, six people is not enough to take care of all the parks. Yeah, it's kind of tricky at that point. Yeah, for so sure. So just like. Uh, a lot of other core lakes like Louisville, the people that man the gates and sort of watch over the park, what, who are they? They are my contractors. They are contracted gate attendants. Um, and we just actually had a, a solicit- solicitation cycle. Here we go. Uh, for those positions. Um, and they really are our eyes and ears when we, we aren't here because we don't assign specific parks to specific folks. Uh, it's, we we do the best we can and so the gate attendants really keep an eye on who's coming in who's coming out security um, and they drive through these parks and make sure that everybody's okay Uh, nine times out of ten when a ranger is is called to a situation it's because the gate attendants have said hey we we need support out here we've got something going on Um, beyond that they work with their park hosts who are volunteers uh, which we are looking for park hosts, if that's something that anyone's interested to do. Uh, we've got several open Hashtag spots. Hashtag plug. Hashtag shameless promotion. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, and, and they really work together to, to fill those gaps where the where ranger staff can't be um, or where you know management might not be able to see because they're doing other things. Right. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> when I came out and had lunch with Stephanie a few weeks ago, she had just got... She had just finished uh, issuing uh, yeah. cease and that desist. Letter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was good. So, <laughs> the the gate attendants and the um, uh, the people that you just talked about, they're your day to day eyes and ears because mm-hmm. you've got stuff going on like like that that you had to do, or how many other hundreds of miles of coastline <laughs> that aren't <laughs> parks that you guys have to watch over. Mm-hmm. So tell me about tell me about what happened that day. <sighs> Well, that was that was a day. So uh, we have landowners around us that have properties that are reasonably close to the shore, uh, but they can't necessarily see the lake from their house. Uh, the Corps, has, when they were building the dam and they were getting the, the property purchasing and eminent domain stuff taken care of, um, that property became 
ours, or it went under easement, meaning they can't do anything with it, even though by by deed they own that land, they can't modify it in right. any way. Um, well, a lot of folks like to cut the trees down because they want a lake view, and that's just not okay. And Justin was actually driving around, coming over the bridge, and he stopped and he looked and and as he tells it to me, he's like. Those trees look funny. Like that, that, that wasn't like that before. Uh, and so we were working with that, trying to figure out exactly what it looked like beforehand, what it looks like now, finding those survey markers. And it's, it's a matter of reaching out to those landowners and politely yet sternly requesting that they not do this. Right. Because um, we really do not want to get Office of Council involved. No, nobody wants that. Right. Um, so thankfully, we haven't seen any more activity out there on that. And, and hopefully it stays that way. Um, and there is a proper way to go about modifying that that land and, and those trees. Um, but that certainly a, wasn't that's, it. I mean, the trees and the, the grasses and, and all that vegetation is part of an ecosystem and part of a shoreline management yes. program. So it's like... It's difficult maybe for some people that live close to the lake to understand why. Like, why can't – it's just some trees. It's just some branches. I just want to look at the lake. Well, you might be endangering a habitat of some some bird or squirrel or, or <laughs> you know, you never know. Yeah. Which is why the, the that those programs, those policies are in place. Right. And even beyond that, something that, you know, we see the trees above the ground. But in a lot of cases, what you see above the ground, just flip it underneath the ground. And that's what's underneath you. And that holds not only the soil in place, it, it keeps the water from washing the land up, um, but it also holds a ton of water. Right. So when we get into these high water situations or when, like last week, we got almost a little over five inches of rain. Yeah. We were um, supposed to film last week. And it didn't happen. <laughs> no, it was cold <laughs> and raining. Holy. And we wanted to be outside because it's beautiful out here. I know. There's no sense in being inside. Right. But... um. We we only came up a few feet from all that rain, and a lot of it is because of the tree cover that we have in the watershed area. So the land that drains into this basin, think of it as a bathtub, right? Everything that drains off the land and into the lake, there's a lot of plants and a lot of soil that can grab that water on the way. Right. Thirsty. And They're thirsty yeah. plants. <laughs> <laughs> so, But if you cut that tree down... Yes, you may still have the root structure to hold it, but it's not going to hold the water. Right. And eventually that water is going to wash that soil away because it's not holding tight and you're going to have the same erosional problem that you would have had if, you know, you had just uprooted the thing and taken it down in the first place, which we don't want that either, just to be clear. Um, but so yeah. if if I get another nasty gram on Facebook, <laughs> somebody saying, this mean ranger, this this mean little, how tall are you? Five feet. This mean... <laughs> <laughs> my foot ranger this fireball came out and said i can't cut the trees down why not well there is a good reason for it um i mean it's just it goes to show that the job that you as a park ranger natural resource specialist the job that you have is so important and only six of you out here for all this land to do it yeah right so listen to them they are <laughs> they are the bosses out here now you I don't know if you all caught it, but Stephanie translated the word Waxahachie for you. And that's not because you work out here. It's no. because of what? Uh, I am a state-recognized Native American. I'm First Nations Mi'kmaq from Nova Scotia, Canada. And uh, I'm super, super involved in my culture. I dance at powwows. I bead. Um, I practice traditional porcupine quilling and crafting. Um, and that's something that 
I've had going for a lot of years now. I think I started when I was uh, 12, 13 years old. And uh, wow, I just made myself sound old there, didn't I? <laughs> but um, but yeah, so it's it's something I used to speak a fair bit of my native language. Um, and I take it personally to really learn what those things mean. And unfortunately, a lot of nuance in language is lost in translation. I mean, the, there's a reason that that phrase developed. And Waxahachie, um, though I'm not exactly sure of the originating language, um, it is understood to be Creek. And in working with those tribal people that this would have been a place that they would have been. Um, and the tribal history in this area is rich. And even before the modern definition of tribe, um, there were there were native peoples here. I mean, we've got artifacts in the local area that were dated to about 11,000 years old. Wow. I mean, that's, that's no joke. No, that's, that's no a, joke. <laughs> that's long ways ago. Yeah. Um, and they were, absolutely skilled hunters um and they they knew their land they knew their resources and they really at the end of the day they this was their home and they would they would respect it and as a native person in my position those values still carry and they they weigh on me on a daily basis not only am i a land steward for the public i mean at the end of the day it's your tax dollars paying my salary so i have a duty and an obligation to protect this place right. and to and to manage it and make sure that people aren't destroying it. Not just because it's your job. Right. Right. Um, but then I also have like a, a personal and cultural obligation to right. this place. So this, this was somebody's home at some point. And in the way that I wouldn't go into my neighbor's house and trash their house, I don't want this place to be to be wrecked and pillaged either. Right. So it is the the beauty out here is absolutely priceless. When Stephanie brought me out here for the first time, I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> this is nice!" And it's well maintained, and the facilities are nice. The each each of these pull through sites has a stove, or I mean, a, a grill and a fire pit mm -hmm. that also has a grill on it. If mm -hmm. you want to, if you want to get down and dirty with some, and with people some do. Dutch ovens and stuff, <laughs> people do. <laughs> yeah, it's great. They've got uh, power, water at each one of these pull through sites. How many pull through sites do you have? Oh, that's a good question. In this park, we have 14. 14. Um, we also have tent-only sites. Um, we also have a couple of pull-throughs. I think there's four at Mott Park as well. Okay. And we have 30-amp service and 50-amp service, so we can accommodate some of those bigger RVs that are coming through. Um, and all the campsites have covers. Covers. And picnic tables. Yeah. So you got a place to sit, eat, get out of the sun. Um, and it's, I mean, listen, we, for the summer, we're pretty well full every weekend. Yeah. So. And you've got that um, at this park. You've got that pavilion down there mm -hmm. that has a parking lot too. So if you want, if you want to have a birthday party or graduation party or bar mitzvah or whatever you want, there's plenty of room down there. How many how many people does that pavilion hold? This one holds 200. Uh, the one over at Love Park holds 250. Um, and they, there's one at Mott also that holds 150. And those have sites where you can bring your RV. You yeah. can have several RVs, tents, and make a trip of it. There is a coyote over your shoulder. I'm not even joking. You see him? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Oh, oh. He's like, never mind, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, so wildlife is definitely one of the biggest draws of the park here. Um, and because we're surrounded by trees and woods on both sides, <laughs> sometimes that happens. That's cool. Um, yeah. No, I'm I'm not even joking that we have things like this out here. It's <laughs>
that just, just happened. We're just sitting here having a conversation. And all of a sudden. Gosh darn Wiley Coyote's <laughs> coming up and interrupting and, us. You know what's really ironic is we have roadrunners here too. <laughs> no, you don't. No, I I swear, I swear to you we do. Oh, that's um, awesome. Oh, and that's where that's where he went running off to. No kidding. Yeah, and, um, yeah. Geococcus californicus. There you go. There's some Latin for you. That's the the Latin bless, name. Bless you. <laughs> yeah, that's the Latin name for uh, your greater roadrunners, and we have uh, four mated pairs in this park. Wow. So, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So, if you can't tell, that's what I get excited about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. We're gonna take a short break. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Run after that coyote and see if I can take it home as a pet. (laughs) Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just a little bit. And we are back. We didn't catch the coyote. No, he was long gone. He was long gone. Long gone. Speaking of coyotes and roadrunners <laughs> and all kinds of other animals, what kind of animals do you see out here? Uh, a lot. A lot. Uh, uh, uh Creek Park specifically, we've got like a ton of wildlife here. We've got uh, a resident bobcat that you'll see him hanging around. Uh, we do have a breeding pair of bald eagles. Um, we see them pretty regularly uh, in the osprey. And he's really cool. He, a lot of people, these he, they look at him and go, what is that? I mean, he's about three-quarters the size of an eagle. He's huge. And uh, you can actually watch him fish out in the lake. And he'll he'll come in and just dive. And if you've never seen an osprey dive, it's incredible. They just, like, free fall out of the sky. So speaking of eagle, you've got bald eagles out here too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we get the, the mated pair. And uh, last year we had four of them, the parents and two of the offspring. Wow. That one was a couple years old, the other about a year. Um, and they have their nest just off property. and uh, But they fish out here all the time. You can see them on this shoreline even. Um, and if the water's high, they'll be deeper in the park and you get to see them up pretty close. Awesome. Not that you should ever mess with wildlife. Don't do it. It's a bad idea. If you do hear the wind, sorry, there's nothing we can do about that. <laughs> Curse being outside <laughs> in the lake. Gosh darn nature. But it's still better than being in the office. And that's why. <laughs> why Why is that? Because life is better at the lake. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> You're hired. You're yes. hired. My new co-host. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what else do you got? What other, what other uh, species do you keep track of out here uh deer we do have some deer out here not a whole lot uh just because there's a lot of hunting that goes around uh, goes on goes on around us we not on the court not on court right we do not allow deer hunting uh we are a a wildlife sanctuary for that uh so we we let them come in here take a break not have to stress out about those sorts of things and if deer stress out about those sorts of things all they have to stress out about is the puma (laughs) oh god yeah there (laughs) is the coyotes yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there is a a, lit, a story out here that some locals will tell you. Um, I haven't seen it. They claim that they have, that there is a mountain lion out here. Yeah. I've never seen it. From an ecologist and a wildlife professional standpoint. You'd be the first one to notice that there was one out here. That's a stretch for me. I, I've seen mountain lions in some weird places. Okay. And not to say that there, w- there couldn't have been at one time. Right. But no, I don't. I haven't seen them yet, and if anybody has any photos, I am more than welcome to look at it. So a puma and a mountain lion and a cougar, same thing? Yep, right. same thing. Okay, same and, 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 and what else? Uh, panther? Panthers. Panther, all some the same thing. Some people call them panthers, yeah. And they're, um, 
But mostly nocturnal, right? Yeah, you're gonna catch him in the evening, evening at night, and um, solitary. Very, yeah. You're not, and you're not gonna see him coming. So, it, the, so these people are telling you tall tales. It's very <laughs> possible. Yeah, you don't often get a group sighting of a mountain lion. Uh, it does happen. Again, I'm not gonna say that it doesn't. Um, but no, out here, from just a, a wildlife professional's point of view, I, I would, I would really love to see photos if he's yeah. out there. I think that'd be well. Maybe you guys will see one at the uh, the Bio Blitz. Oh, man, I'm not even sure what I would do with myself if that happened. I would have to sit here and eat every word that I just spoke into this microphone. Like, you've just doomed me in the future if that happened. Do I run up to it or do I run away? What do I do? You neither. You you hold your ground, and it usually will move on on its own. Do you have any other predators out here? Um, Lucy, we've got the bobcat out here, uh, but other than that, no, not, okay. not too many. Um, it's pretty laid back i mean nine times out of ten what you're going to see out here are things like armadillos deer fox which is the texas state small mammal it is it <laughs> is a mammal yes <laughs> but uh yeah lots of small furry critters that don't really want to hang around with you but if you hang back and give them their space and some respect they'll you can watch them for a good long while so speaking of small critters and hunting you don't have deer hunting out here no but you do have some hunting. That tell is tell true. me about some of the hunting you got. Yeah, so actually not too far from where we're sitting, a little ways that way, uh, we do allow uh, duck hunting and waterfowl hunting. Uh, we do not require any additional permits other than your, your duck stamp and your, your hunting license. Um, and we do have maps that have been recently updated. Um, and we do have our updated hunting map on the mobile uh, hunting app that the Corps of Engineers has. So if you want to take a look at that, if you're into waterfowl hunting, uh, we've got some great spots up here, that's for sure. Um, we also have some uh, feral hog hunting, if you're into that sort of thing. We do have hogs, and we don't want them. Right. We do not. They're feral hogs, invasive species, and they're mean and big, and they they ruin habitats. They just oh. They, they oh, it's terrible. Giant tusks, they root through the ground, ruin habitats. They push out any other, any other living things that live around them, and they're overpopulated. And yes. so you have open season feral pig hunting year round. Yes. So there are some restrictions about the the weapons that you can use. Um, we do allow shotgun um, with non-rifled slugs. Uh, again, if you want to come to the office, uh, we can give you all that information. It's also in the Texas Annual. So if you've got a copy of that, it's all in there. And the, the address, the location for the lake office will also be in the description box. Okay. And... Um, and yeah, so we can do that. Um, we also allow archery hunting. We do not allow rifle hunting. That's the big thing, um, mostly because there are people out here hiking. Right. There are people out here recreating. Um, and hunting is from the 1st of October through the end of March, uh, simply because we don't want folks out here hunting when we've got parks full of people and accidents happen, and we just we avoid all that altogether by just setting the hunting to those shoulder months. Uh, but yeah, so feral hogs, if you want to come hunt them, please come do so. We encourage you. And we've got maps and rangers are happy to talk to you and tell you where to go and that sort of thing because they, they really do a number on us, especially on the north side. And if you want to uh, come out here and hunt, do does anybody need to like stop by the lake office or call or notify you that they're hunting or what, what do they need to do? So we ask that they give us a call, uh, just a courtesy heads up more than anything else. We don't have any special permits. Um, we're not going to be, you know, watching you to the nth degree. Um, but we do want to make sure that people are being safe out there. And, you know, as much as I'm a steward, I'm also in charge of people's safety and making sure that, you know, people are enjoying themselves and not putting themselves at an unnecessary risk. So a courtesy heads up, hey, I plan to be out here. Uh, that way we know that if 
someone calls looking, we know where you were. Uh, but also, you know, we there especially for feral hogs. You know, if you if you're wanting to know, has anybody seen them or anything like that? We're more than happy to help you out with things like that, um, and give you an idea. Nature. More nature. <laughs> Must be the. I think maybe the coyote came back. He might be bothering somebody on the other side there. You can't see it, but there no. there, there is there is a house like <laughs> I don't know just like, as close as the lake is to us on this side. There's a house over on this side. Yeah, and uh, he I think he actually has like six dogs in that house, but usually they're inside during the day. Puppers. Doggos. Um, hunting. Yes. Okay. You've also we talked about the boat ramps and mm-hmm. the marina mm-hmm. and. Uh, you were telling Stephanie was telling me that uh, there's been some some record fish caught out of this lake. That's so tell me tell me a little it. bit about that. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> hashtag so, true story. <laughs> tell me about the hashtag the, true stories about the chicken McNugget. It's actually one of like the the legendary stories out here at Bardwell. Um, there was a there was a record bass, a white bass, pulled out of this lake, and it was caught with a chicken McNugget. Is that uh, does that not. have the same validity as the uh, Puma story? <laughs> no, it does not. It is actually written in the state record books. Wow. It is a legitimate story. Uh, it made the newspaper. Uh, yeah, as as exciting as things get, they caught a fish, and that's not the only. That's not the only account I've heard of people using chicken McNuggets. Uh, usually, it's for catfish though. Chim Chimkin Nuggos. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there was a record white bass. Record white bass. We've got a record crappie, black crappie that come out of here. Um, and we also have uh, exceptionally large catfish. I mean, north of 50, 60 pound what, uh, catfish. Are they, what kind of catfish are they? Blue catfish. Wow. Um, we also have channel cats out here. Um, Blue catfish are yummy. I know. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, they're, uh, especially when the water's up into the bushes just a little bit, they come up. Holy! Con- it, it, I mean, I I watch full-grown men dive into the water after these things because c- their poles are breaking. I mean, there's nothing. What are you gonna do? You said you're about to say holy cannoli. <laughs> Where are you from again? Boston. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is my aunt is actually Sicilian, and she makes some, some bomb Italian pastries. And, and every time I think about cannolis, I think about my auntie Chris. Yummy. I, you can't beat it. Yeah. No. I know. I need to learn how to make cannolis. There was, there was a, uh, I forgot, I totally forgot to talk about this. Uh, we, we, we went to, to lunch at this small little diner. Yeah, and, Bailey's. Um, yeah. And a uh, very nice gentleman came up and uh, he had some questions for Stephanie, saw that he she did. was, saw that she was in her uniform. What, what did he want to know? Uh, so uh, he actually lives adjacent to this park, um, further than that house, a little further down that way. And um, he was, asking me if there was any way that we could deal with the coyotes which we just saw because um, there's quite a bit quite a few of them out here um, and he was commenting that they're not afraid of, of him or his dogs or his presence which um, can, that can get dangerous it can it certainly can and I was initially very concerned especially because of where he is I was like oh no like that's we you don't want that you, you really don't um and so I've been working with my lake manager to see what we can do about that logistically, um, as well as try to document exactly what's going on out there. Right. Um, and interestingly enough, he asked me about the mountain lion as well. I don't know <laughs> if you remember that. I do. I do. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I get stopped in town all the time. Um, and even folks who may be recreating out here, camping, boating, whatever, um, if I'm out of uniform, or even if I'm 
you know, in my uniform going home from work, if I stop at the gas station to get us, people know me right. at this point. Which is great. Thankfully it's, for the right reason. It's a small town, and the town mm-hmm. is Ennis. Yes, the and town of Ennis. And there's the village of Bardwell, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know that it's technically a village, um, but it's, it's like a very, people. yeah, it's a very, very small rural community. Um, and, you know, we were named after that community. So, so it's not, it's not only life is better at the lake, but the lake is their life, right? Yeah. This town, ta- these towns thrive off of, you know, recreation and, and I wouldn't say tourism, but what, what I would <laughs> really, yeah. Cause, uh, Ennis is the blue bonnet capital of the state of Texas. Well, well, <laughs> slap me silly and call me Susan. I did not know that. You know, yep. what's funny about that, too, is I I posted something on Facebook. It was like a, a fun fact Friday and it had like the state flower and the mm-hmm. state dish, which is chili, and the state snack, which is chips and salsa and the state small mammal, which is an armadillo. armadillo. <laughs> <laughs> I post I also posted this. Um, it was a trivia Tuesday and it was like a poll so you could vote on one thing or the other and it was a total trick question but I wanted people to there's there's like a hundred comments on it it was awesome <laughs> it was um it was what animal what is the state animal of Texas and there's three there's three well, the, well the armadillo. what's the state mammal the armadillo. Of Texas? there's three right there's the small one which is an armadillo mm-hmm. there's a large one which is the Texas longhorn, longhorn. and then there's flying which is a bat. bat? I forget what t- I forget what type of bat, but I didn't include Ooh. that one in there because it was kind of obscure. But I put the choices of armadillo or longhorn, and people were like fighting over it. I was going to say, I'm surprised you didn't start a war it over was, that. Holy it was fun. <laughs> it was fun. It was all it was all in an effort to to get people to to come to the page and interact and learn about. Yeah, sounds like they did. The I'm going to do it again with something. Oh <laughs> man. <laughs> so uh, as as you can see behind Stephanie. That's her truck. That's the the park ranger truck. So mm-hmm. if you're if you're up around these parts and you and you see that driving around, you see it at a gas station. Pull over, say hi to her. You you can't miss. Well, you probably can't miss her. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when we're done when we're done filming this podcast, we're gonna go back to the lake office and stand in front of the lake sign like I did with Rob Jordan. We'll take a picture. Oh, it's together. gonna you're gonna have to set that camera so far back because you're like gonna cut my head off or cut your head off. There's really no there's no way around that. Oh, so you get to you get to see the the, the stature that we're talking about. If you're it's one of those people great. that are on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts and you don't like tuning into the video, you gotta tune you, into the video because it's it's beautiful out here and you got to get the visual experience along with it's true it's true the visual really makes this place and uh it's what it keeps people i mean generations coming back i've got people who remember coming here with their grandfather or their dad or their uncles or their family outings they come from you know all over all over the place because of what this lake is and how it looks and what we do memories are made out here it's true like a place where memories are made it's true I could see myself partying here this summer with my with my girl. Don't make me get the ticket book. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just show my I'll just show my army ID. <laughs> um, I think that uh, that's going to wrap it up. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? No, uh, but if you do have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at any time. We're here to help. Um, you know, we are stewards. You pay our you pay our salary at the end of the day, so we're yep. here to answer your questions and make your stay here as enjoyable as we can. I had to wear a. I mean, it's cold out here, but it is pretty uh, chilly. <laughs> we were driving through, and I was like, I think, I think when we film out here, I'll wear my camo jacket because it would look weird with, with Stephanie in her uniform and me in like a, a pea coat. <laughs> I know. I, I broke out my my field jacket, yeah. um, but you know, in the summertime, we have our 
our gray uniform shirts on and let's give a let's give a nice little treat to the viewers before we go go ahead and take your headphones off <laughs> i know what you're asking <laughs> put, the, put the hat on <laughs> <laughs> i don't mind my hat but what's fun oh my sunglasses were under the hat what's funny is that people joke that when i have when i i go through the, the effort to put the hat on it's because something something's happening and because i'm only five feet tall right. you, you can't see me right but people see the hat and they There Look you go. That. that is that is a picture of the core park ranger. There we are. If you're not if you're not tuning into the YouTube version, you of gotta this, you gotta catch this. <laughs> you're you missing out. This. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, that's gonna do us for uh, Stephanie and myself here out at Bardwell Lake. Uh, don't forget to check out the description box. We're going to have the contact information for Stephanie and the other mm -hmm. folks there at the lake. We'll have uh, a link to the Facebook event for the Bardwell. Bio Blitz. There you go. Say that ten Triple times B. fast. Triple B. Hey. <laughs> Better I'm, Business Bureau? What? No. I'm, make, I'm making a logo. I'm making a logo for the... Okay. Okay. I got some ideas for You got for this him. now. All right. So, yeah. Don't forget about the Bio Blitz. That's your chance to uh, come out and, and wander the park with the with the Rangers and the other uh, organizations that are coming out and um, get your get your hands on that app, that iNaturalist app. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's just a great way to, uh, to kind of build some ownership within the community because, you know, this is, this is a park that's managed by the Corps of Engineers, but it's your guys' park. That's right. All these parks, this whole lake, everything. So it's public land. It's here yeah. for you to enjoy. So get, you, uh, get your app and get on out here. Um, this is – it's amazing out here. This has been so much fun. This is so much fun. Life is better out here. Life it is really is. I, I – I mean, what 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 more could I ask for? <laughs> <laughs> you are doing your dream job. It it ranks up there, that's for sure. I am too. I am too. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, uh, we're gonna take off. We're gonna go to another park, drive around a little bit, enjoy the nature. Make sure you tune in to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and YouTube, and you can find links to all the rest of our social media from about.me at usace. Fort Worth. Nope, that's nope, wrong. That's not it. About.me <laughs> forward slash you USA Fort Worth. U S A C E Fort Worth. Until next time, until the next episode of Life is Better at the Lake, I'm Trevor Welsh, your social media manager. This is Stephanie A. Bear. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're going to go enjoy some nature at the lake. Take All right. care, guys. Take care, guys. <laughs> <laughs>